What's up, Internet? You're tuned into Episode 6 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast, where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Andy Brown. I'm Pete's ever-present co-host and antagonist, but Pete's not ever-present. He's not here this week. Him and Sean are over uh, doing a convention in Philly, covering his comics, Pals. Yeah, Wizard yeah. World. Holy shit. <laughs> They're wizards. Harry. Yeah, I, they finally ascended. Um, so they're doing a bunch of coverage. You can check that out over on our YouTube channel. Um, and I'm sure they'll have more to talk about on the podcast this week. But I'm here with the edgelord with a heart of gold, Robert Thompson. <laughs> that never gets old for me. <laughs> um, this week, we're the sidekick pals. We're talking about video games, and it's just the two of us. Yeah, so it's going to be a great time because, uh, you know, the weebs have taken over and now it's the Gundam podcast that you all have been waiting for. Uh, we're going to kick off the show the way we always do. Um, Thompson, what have you been playing this week? I've been playing a whole lot of shit and a lot of the games are old games that I started like episode one. I said I had played 101 games, so I kind of went back and like narrowed the search a little bit. Uh, Endless Space, I think I may have mentioned that last week. But that's just another one of those 4X games that's in the Endless series. Are you getting back into it? Oh, God, yes. Uh, myself, Ozzy, and another friend of the show, Chris Cockin, Dave Davidson, as he know, as he, some people might know him, if you do know him. Uh, we've been playing, like, I don't know, probably like 30, 40 hours this last week we put in. Jesus. So that's fucking fun. I bought that game like six years ago and put maybe 20 hours into it and then I put it down because it just like it was not a very good game in like early access when I bought it and it's like always just been terrifyingly daunting. Dude, it's I had a similar experience. I got it like about four years ago and I played it for two and a half hours and I never touched it again and something possessed me to touch it and I, I got it. It's beautiful. It's not buggy anymore. So I don't know. It's really good, man. Um... Yeah, that one, and then those Legend I was playing again, too, just for shits and giggles. I went back and started playing the old Total Wars again, like Total War Attila, just, I I don't know why. Just, I just wanted to play that one for some reason, but it's it's really not that good, so kind of my fault for putting another 10 hours into that game. Did you overrun, like, all your enemies as Attila? <laughs> Sadly, no. I always like to play the Romans and try to be awesome and fail miserably, so that was great, because I spent 10 hours in a grand campaign just to get crushed again. So oh, that sounds like my experience with Crusader Kings 2. Um, I think that's every game of Crusader Kings 2, which is another segue. Great, because I was playing that too. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, God. I I made, like, so many broken characters when I started. And uh, out of, like, ten attempts, um, one guy survived with, like, all of his, you know, cheesed-up stats to make money and keep people happy. The other nine people all died within a year due to some stupid disease. Nice. That was great. Um, you know, I spent about like an hour making a guy each time and he died within the first turn. And I was just like, this is fucking great. So I turned that off. My like my weirdest experience with Crusader Kings 2 was when I had like brought my house up from like the lords of a small county in Ireland to unite Ireland under my banner. I was working on positioning like my grandson to take over the United Kingdom. And my son, like my oldest son, my heir, decided that he wanted to be king and now and launched an assassination <laughs> attempt against me oh yeah lovely which was successful and it was like your son has assassinated you you are now playing the son oh yeah i i had a i man we've had like very similar experiences the other one i had i tried to unite the kingdom of russ and actually you know create a kingdom of russ in the first place and that's not even heard of at the time frame but 
I somehow managed to unite Russian provinces and lo and behold, I was like 300 years ahead of history until my son decided, fuck you, dad, and killed me and everything fell apart in one year. Um, it was it was just horrible. But yeah, sons killing you is a very big problem in that game. Yeah, seriously. Um, makes me worried about being a real dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, thank God dads, dads today have to live, uh, you know, just worrying about them like getting college debt back then. They might have to get killed by their kids. <laughs> So you playing anything else? Battlegrounds, Wolfenstein, the usual crap like Hots, you know, Heroes of the Storm. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of Final Fantasy. Um, I think that's it. Probably. It's a lot of games. Yeah, that's it. We'll call it there. Okay. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's something else I missed. Yeah, I mean, on my end, it's more of the same stuff I've been talking about for six episodes now. I am, like, plodding along, putting ten hours a week into Persona. I hit 70 yesterday. Good God. Where is... Has Alyssa passed me yet? She's at the casino. Um, She's at... Okay, I finished the casino. Okay, So yeah. I'm, I'm in the next dungeon. So I'm still farther ahead of her. Uh, yeah, just not by much. I mean, I, th- I think she's at least like halfway through the casino. Damn. At, at least. I mean, she, I fell asleep one night and she, I woke up and she had like that, that completion list or whatever it is. Uh, when she was exiting once, I, I just got a... In my half awake sleep, you know, state, I saw it and it was like half filled out. So I'm assuming she's only got like one more or two more runs in there before she has to like finish it. That's crazy. This game's like really good, but it's just it's a life suck, man. Oh yeah, that's that's all she's touched every time she's come over here. Like, uh, she comes over here to play it, and that's pretty much it. That's fine. <laughs> but she's had sixty hours in, I think, on the save file, and it's like, yeah, man, I can't wait to have a girlfriend back. <laughs> Has she picked like a waifu yet? Oh, um. Justice Lady, I think. What's her name? Makoto? The one with yes. the, the Pope cycle? I, I think she likes her a lot. And, uh, well, I know she likes her a lot, but I can't tell if she likes her more over the... Uh... Oh, God. I can't remember their names because I haven't played it, actually. I just followed them. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just like I sit there and watch it every once in a while, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's cool. Um, who's the, the alien spaceship lady thing? Futaba? Oh, Futaba? Yeah. I know she likes Lady her a Thompson. Lot. I, I like Futaba the most, so maybe I'm just projecting that on her. But I think she likes Makoto more. I I romanced Makoto. Realized this week I'm definitely gonna New Game Plus this game. Right. Oh yeah, you can see that. Yeah. Um, New Game Plus starts you with all your social stats, personas, and like equipment and stuff. Oh, that's no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't want to play this game, but now I want to, and that means I have to play it like three times. Yep. Oh, God fucking damn it. <laughs> a lot of people are saying on, like, Facebook and Reddit and stuff that it's, like, pretty doable to get the platinum on your second run-through. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It, it seems rewarding. Like, I know she's only in her first playthrough, obviously, and it's, it's like, she's got at least half of the stars filled out and, like, half the meters and stuff. So if you take all that over, that's great. Yeah, you take you cross all that over, so it's way easier to like max out all your confidants and stuff. God damn it, Atlas! <laughs> I didn't want to get into this game, but every time I look at it and hear about it, I kind of want to play it more and more. Oh yeah, you definitely want to check it out. It's a great game. It is like it's right up your alley in terms of just JRPG time sync. Oh god, I, yeah, the combat system is fucking awesome, man. Like coming from Final Fantasy, especially like it's, I kind of wanted that turn-based experience and. I'm glad Final Fantasy 15 wasn't, but this is definitely the turn-based experience I was hoping for. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Is that all the games we played? Uh, I played some Fire Emblem, but it's Fire Emblem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and some League. 
you you're always gonna be playing a fire emblem though that's true that's like i will always be working my way through a fire emblem game that's admirable at least yeah it's like it's weird i have only finished like four or five of them but i've played just about every fire emblem game like halfway through 10 times i mean that's fine like i've played every single final fantasy except for the mmos right and i haven't officially finished like probably more than four of them yeah you know because like i've at least gotten like three quarters through or something or like really close to the end and just kind of said oh fuck it at some point because i was younger so it's like you don't need to beat every game to know that you've like done enough in it if you applied yourself you would have beaten it yeah i guess that's right and that's how i see it like if you just gave your like you know if you sat down for 10 more hours that like you would have mastered it okay i'm gonna believe that and say that i like i got close enough yeah to master several fire emblem games see there you go good guy thompson helping out <laughs> thanks edgelord with the heart of gold robert exactly. thompson no fuck yourself um in any case i it's your question so i think you get to do like the oh the yeah wow thing. shit okay so pete you're really gonna love this one it's time for the random question of the week! That was impressive, yeah. Yeah, I had um, a thing I blew in front of the microphone to try to <laughs> distort my voice a little bit. <laughs> so this was something I thought of this morning, and since we have a lot on the news that relates to this, how much money have you spent on any freemium or free-to-play games? Like MOBAs or any MMOs or anything of the sort? Uh, way too much money, and I've only spent <laughs> money on two free-to-play games ever. All right, let me guess: League and League Heroes. And... Nope. Oh boy, I don't know the second one. I spent a fair amount of money contributing to Team Fortress 2's hat oh, economy. Shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot Team Fortress has that because I just don't really play it. Yeah, like I don't really play it anymore, but it's like it's my comfort food. Yeah, like how how much do you think you spend in Team Fortress? Like upwards of hundred dollars, or like yeah, between between League and uh, TF two, I probably spent like in the hundred dollar ish neighborhood. Oh, that's really not bad at all, man. Yeah, it's yeah. not like that bad. It's just like I feel like it's too much. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, a regular game is, is like sixty bucks, and if if you only spent like one hundred and twenty, that's like two games. So. It's really not bad considering some people spend like a hundred every couple of months on League alone. And if you, if, yeah, I mean, if like you had an MMO subscription for 15, uh, 15 a month, you know, like one year is already going to like max out what you just spent. So count yourself lucky. Myself, however, I've probably spent more than I like care to admit just because <laughs> like I haven't really ever had disposable income until the last like two years of my life. And uh, Heroes really took a, a, a notch in me. Like I, I think I put like thirty or forty dollars into that game, which like that's, damn. Yeah, I don't know because like there was a a five dollar starter pack thing that you got a deal from, and then like another five dollar thing here, and I don't know. A couple months later, I was like, oh my god, I think I've paid like forty dollars into this, so that sucks. Like I love heroes, but I didn't need to spend that. It was just that I guess like you know instant gratification kind of feel. Um, there's that and. Like, Star Wars The Old Republic, for a while, I spent some money on the subscriptions, even though it was free-to-play. It was just for, like, the XP bonus and stuff, and it was, like, I think, like, 20 bucks for that. I spent, like, maybe, like, 20 on War Thunder for the same thing. I've probably spent about, like, 200 between everything, so, like, I think this... I think both of us fall into, like, a lower category than most people would, though. Yeah, I mean, we're in, like... I feel like that's a healthy relationship. 
Yeah, I'm not like I'm not like rich, and I guarantee you, if I had more money, I probably would have been more flagrant with it. But, uh, you know, I tried to like say, hey, these are free games. Don't spend money. Like, what are you doing? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, if I had more money, I would have spent a lot more. Oh, like for example, Fire Emblem uh, on the phone was it Fire Emblem Heroes? Yeah, I probably would have gave like a hundred dollars of them already. I love that game. <laughs> it's an awesome yeah. phone game, but I. I oh my god I would have. <laughs> yep, if you like offer me free orbs, I would take it. Yeah. <laughs> See, there you go. Like that's that's a deadly one right there. Like for people who have a little bit more disposable income. Ooh, did you see that that one post on Reddit that like went viral and had a couple like uh, game news articles of the guy who spent five hundred dollars trying to get Hector and uh, did not get Hector? No, but that sucks because I got a Hector like right away in that game. Oh my yeah, god, like, my. My second or third drop, I got, like, a five-star Takumi, and I was like, oh, great. Yeah, I get, like, a five-star every, like, four drops. I, it's a really high drop rate for me. Damn, you're just lucky. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I mean, it says it's, like, a small percentage, but I thought that was just to, like, discourage you. <laughs> it seems it's, like, like 25% for me, you know? Damn, son. That's yeah, crazy. Guess I'm lucky. Yeah, maybe they just want you to spend more money. <sighs> no, I've never done that for for heroes yet close but I never did it um so yeah i guess that goes on to the the meat and potatoes of all this crap which is the news it's just kind of why you guys are here right yeah everybody's here for the news the news we talking about the news the news cut the bumper the news, we're talking about the news we did cut the bumper oh my god awesome I, pete has like edited the bumper into things but oh like, yeah fuck pete he's not here he doesn't get to be on this episode <laughs> yeah, even pete. beatboxing go fuck yourself pete we're gonna read it without you fuck me fuck you the news, the news, we talking about the news, the news, the news, we talking about the news. <laughs> Alright, so, right off the bat, Bulletstorm developer People Can Fly is working on a new AAA game that will be published by Square Enix, the company's announced today. The project will be an original title for consoles and PC, according to the announcement. No further details were revealed at this time, though Square Enix noted the game won't be part of the company's E3 2017 lineup. Quote, we're massively excited to be working with a talented team at PCF in Warsaw, a studio filled with people who really know their craft, said Lee Singleton, head of Square Enix's, I almost said Squeenix, um, Square Enix's London Studios. We're building a game we all want to play, which will be the perfect addition to our portfolio. People Can Fly is best known for its 2011 action game Bulletstorm and its subsequent remaster Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition. And the Polish, the Polish studio also co-developed Gears of War Judgment alongside Epic Games. So that's just a nice little thing for them because there is another game coming from these people who have a semi-successful game. I mean, I like Bulletstorm. I don't know if you yeah. played it. Um, Bulletstorm was mostly forgettable except for its like slow down the bullet talent. That yeah. was really cool. I was exposed to it, like, 2015 on the old edition, right before our friend Matt Polizio left for Michigan. Uh, he somehow got a copy of it, and we played it one night, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, I had a good night with it, but that's about it. It's not a great game, but it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they've done anything, like, since then, but it was, like, it was a good, you know, first step, and I would be happy to play more from them. And they're saying it's a AAA game, so... Uh, 
hope it's good. So, Heroes of the Storm's next character, Mathael, the bringer of death from the Diablo lore. Mathael is currently in development and will join the game soon, Blizzard said Friday. Mathael has been considered for the game as far back as 2015's Diablo-themed Eternal Conflict expansion, but Blizzard went with Leoric instead. Mathael is an Assassin-class character whose abilities are built around the Reaper's Mark, which lasts for 4 seconds on affected characters. The mark reveals enemies and deals damage equal to 2.5% of their max health per second. The Reaper's Mark is a component of three primary attacks, the Soul Rip, Wraith Strike, and Death Shroud. Mathael's heroic ability, Tormented Souls, deploys a torrent of souls to apply the Reaper's Mark to nearby enemies for four seconds. Last Rites, the other heroic ability, saps 50% of a hero's missing health. Moreover, a kill made with Last Rites reduces the ability cooldown by 5 seconds to a minimum of 15 seconds. More of the abilities can be found on the character's official page. And I know that's a lot to unpack, but one more thing. In the Diablo canon, just for those who do not know, the Mytheo was the former Archangel of Wisdom. He was the central figure in Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls, which is... The game's first expansion launched in 2014, and Mathael is considered a garden variety doombringer determined to eliminate anything corrupted by demons, and that includes humankind. This will be the 67th hero to Heroes of the Storm. Garden variety doombringer. I know. That's a great description, by the way. Yeah, right? Just like, oh, he's, you know, your, your garden variety doombringer. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just like kills everyone. Um, yeah. I mean. He sounds pretty fun. Like, I like assassins. I like Heroes of the Storm's Assassins a lot more than I like League's Assassins, despite thinking League's the better game. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I've played League a lot longer. I'm really into Heroes right now. I like Heroes Assassins better also, but the only ones I really don't like are the ones that do the stealth crap all the time. Um, Nova I'm, like, kind of okay with, but fucking Samuro and uh, Valera have given me nightmares. So as long as Mathael's not going invisible, I could, I don't, I'm not mad, you know? I'm fine with another Assassin. Cool, yeah. Um, I like. I really don't have anything to say about Mathael because I never played Diablo, but like, it's cool that he's gonna be visible, and it's cool that you're excited. <laughs> I like that's a selling point now. Cool that they're visible. We'll we'll give that a positive, a tentative like A plus because you can see this character. Yeah. Um, can we talk for a second about how disappointing? Moving on to the next item, the leaked Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite roster is. Yes, you absolutely can. I'm I'm kind of sad. I'm, not, yeah. I'm more than kind of sad, actually. That's an understatement. I'm very sad. The same uh, NeoGAF user who correctly leaked the existence of the game before its public reveal in December leaked uh, roster list today. Um, and it's a leak, so it may not be entirely accurate and may be missing some characters that aren't announced yet. But as far as we know, this is like a, a good where the list is starting. So on the Capcom side, we've got Arthur, Chris Redfield, Chun-Li, Dante, Firebrand, Jedha. Jedha? Jedha? I don't know who that's from. I don't know that one either. Yeah. Uh, Mega Man X, Monster Hunter, Morrigan, Nemesis, Ryu, Spencer, and Strider Hero. On the Marvel side, we have Ant-Man, Captain America, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Gamora, Hawkeye, Hulk, Iron Man, Nova, Rocket Raccoon, and Groot, who haven't been confirmed as characters yet. Uh, it may just be rocket with Groot assists or it may actually be rocket and Groot fighting as one character then we have spider-man we have thanos thor and ultron mm. <laughs> so that's that's 23 characters although the leaker said one is missing from the capcom side but marvel versus capcom 3 launched with 36 and it was beefed up to 50 and i don't remember like the first game but didn't that have like not the first game but 
the second game rather it started with like 50 right let's let's find out the size of mbc2's roster i know it was like it was larger than threes obviously that was built in the days before dlc marvel versus capcom 2 new age of heroes yes contains a roster of 56 playable characters okay so even after threes beefed up to 50 it still didn't beat you know number two right so there's a shrinkage trend (laughs) it's like it's really disappointing too especially on the marvel side it's it's really disappointing for a lot of reasons like part of the the joy and luster of these games was having like an absurdly large list that you could have 23 versus 23 and it was almost never the same three teams and when you like shrink it down to what's going to look like 24 i mean it's not going to always be the same teams but you're going to see the characters like a minimum of twice as much so that kind of just takes away from it for me the universes are so big you know yeah like marvel in particular um is missing any x-men or fantastic four characters that's right yeah which is frustrating because like those are still big marvel characters even if the studio doesn't have the rights to them to make movies with you can still like make video games didn't they release that uh that capcom had like what's his name uh Mega Man's villain uh sigma right yeah sigma oh i didn't see that I, th- I could swear, maybe it was like a trailer or something. Something about like Sigma and Thanos put together. Okay, let me find remember. out through the magic of the internet. Yeah, I don't remember about that. I swear I saw Sigma though. Because that could fill out like one other another character for that, even though it's speculated Frank West. Yeah, no, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom does, yeah, they have a Sigma versus Ultron trailer. Oh, okay, that's what it was. So I can assume he's in the game then, right? Oh, Sigma will be DLC. Oh, um, well, that's the season pass. Stupid. Okay, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> the season pass will get you six new characters post-launch. Sigma's one of those six. But, like, that sucks, dude. They're going to, like, tease a character before it's out as, like, DLC, you know? Just, like, put him in the, lo- the roster, you know? Like, put those six characters in right away. Was it last week's episode that features a, a classic Robert Thompson, like, <laughs> DLC rant? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Or was so. that two weeks ago? It was probably both, to be honest with you. Yeah, um... Thompson hates DLC is the moral of the story. I don't. I hate when it's done on, like, day one shit or, like, tease it beforehand. Like, I'm all for improving a game after the fact, but, like, starting with 24 characters is kind of crappy. And then, like, only putting... I mean, it's, like, 12 less than the, the last game, which is, like, what, 24 less than the game before that even? So there is there is obviously a loss in here. I, like, I was excited for this game when they announced it, but everything that happens makes me want to play it less yeah it's maybe makes me want to buy it less is more accurate because like if somebody shows up with it i'll still play it i'm not gonna be like no i i disagree with marvel and capcom's practices no no i'm I'm, not gonna play this game it's not like that at all i would play in a second but i I totally agree like i wanted this game to be great the moment i heard of it because i was such a huge fan of number three yeah and number two, really. I grew up with number two. Especially since they just re-released MVC3 Ultimate? Yeah, which has 50 characters. Which has 50 characters. That's a really good game. It is. It's well-balanced. I, doesn't this game, uh, Infinite, only use two character slots also? Yep. Infinite uses two character slots instead of three. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just like the more we talk about it, the less I really want it. <laughs> yeah. I question some of the choices, but hey, maybe it'll be great. Maybe, you know, we live in a crazy yeah. time where we can be surprised. Maybe Phoenix Wright will be one of the DLC characters and then I'll be interested in playing it again. Yeah, the fact... he was 
He was great. He was such a weird, goofy, like, only fighting game character I've ever played who plays like him. They had a lot of really fun characters in, in 3 that played just like him, like uh, Phoenix. I mean, another X-Men character, right? But just being yeah. being able to do the Phoenix Force was was awesome because you had to fuck with your own health bar sometimes and and ghost rider was fun iron fist is popular now and it's like he was in the last game he was in the last game before he was popular oh well <laughs> i hope this game turns out good um marvel versus capcom is a storied franchise and one that i would hate to see like get screwed up by dumb decision making at a corporate level i'll just wait for the ultimate edition Here's hoping. All right, so moving on. A new Pokemon game for smartphones open for testing in Japan today, and it's called Pokeland, and it looks like an even smaller take on the miniaturized spin-off of action games, Pokemon Rumble. Oh my god, Pokemon Rumble. I had never played that. I played that game on the Wii back forever ago because my brother was real into it at the like tender age of 10. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I never even heard of it until I read this article, actually. Pokeland has players commanding a group of sentient Pokemon toys who roam around maps, defeating as many monsters as possible, increasing the size of the party, acquires befriending defeated Pokemon along the way, including some special or rare finds. Yeah, it's like you play Pokemon, but you're toys, and further entries came to the Wii U and the Nintendo DS, um, like Pokemon's Rumble World, a free-to-play version that mostly, re- most closely resembles Pokeland. A limited number of Japanese users can register for the Android-exclusive Alpha until it ends on June 9th, but it looks like the Alpha's already hit its 10,000 user limit, so if you're thinking, oh, I'm Japanese, I'm gonna check that out, <laughs> and you're not already checking it out, you can't, but if you do, or you'd like just want to think about it it uh contains six different items to explore 134 pokemon to catch and a handful of other features as the first mobile game to use the nintendo account service that's pretty cool or the first pokemon mobile game because fire emblem uses it and the pokemon company haven't announced a western release for pokeland yet i'm like glad it exists but also i'm never gonna play it yeah um i don't even play pokemon go which is probably considered their like number one thing right yeah. Uh, I don't play that even, so I'm not playing this. Not out of, like, principle, just I'm not going to get to it. Yeah. Um, I I hope it comes out and it's good and it is, like, a Pokemon Go level smash hit, but there's, like, a 0% chance of me ever playing this game. Right on. And it's just, like, nothing against it. I'm just not the target audience, and I don't think you are either. No, we aren't, but, you know, hopefully it works for somebody. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably aren't the target audience either. <laughs> Unless you're like Pete or Mike, who are like huge Poke fans. Right. They'll take the Pokemon IV and shove it up their butt and take it right through the system. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. If you're one of those people, go for it. This is great for you. Not for me. Yeah, Andy. If, if <laughs> they released Fire Emblem Rumble, absolutely, I'd play it tomorrow. If they released Gundam Rumble or like Fallout Rumble, I'd play that. <laughs> I can't even imagine how Fallout Rumble would work. Uh, it wouldn't. You and go around and collect and- bobbleheads? I don't know. That'd be fun. Yeah. I don't know. Collect Death Claws. Uh, new podcast. Andy and Thompson pitch shitty mobile game ideas. <laughs> One of them will pick up and uh, we're going to be millionaires. Fuck everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a round of reportedly leaked images from the upcoming Super Smash Brothers port for the Nintendo Switch. And they look really, really good. So there is five images that surfaced today on 4chan of all places. And... Uh, just so you guys know, there actually have been several legitimate game rumors that have come out of 4chan, so, like, don't 
don't just immediately turn off the podcast right now and because we've <laughs> talked about it listen all i'm gonna say about 4chan and video game rumors is um dubs gets a copy of half-life 3 <laughs> so god it's sad i know that so but uh all, all this isn't to say that we can't be sure of this it's just you know it could be a rumor that's is coming to the switch but you know take it with a grain of salt so we've got a couple images and we'll put links in the description the first image is probably the most convincing from the article. You can see a completely remastered version of Paper Mario stage found in the 3DS version of Super Smash Bros. Um, so, like, if it's a fake, it took a lot of effort to put into for the creator because um, the stage was unique to the 3DS version of the game. There was no high-resolution images of it from a Wii U version of the stage to tinker with, so it suggests a comprehensive version of the game on the Switch containing all stages from both previous versions. The second image has a split-screen madness title uh split screen action which would be probably hard to figure out on the handheld or tabletop mode but it's probably an upgrade or evolution of the smash run uh it's an adventure style mode found in the 3ds version of smash brothers that you blast through different stages defeating small foes and picking up power-ups along the way before facing off a final boss there's another split screen screen and what's happening is anyone's guess but it's possible it's another mode of the upgraded smash run mode mentioned before Looks like Mega Man and Mario are competing in two separate challenges. Mega Man looks like he's participating in the Smash Run, but on the lower screen you don't see any items or power-ups or Mario, so he looks like he's just running an, elim an enemy elimination challenge instead. And the final image is uh, a game mode that looks more immediately recognizable to longtime Smash players. Smash the target. Here again we see a completely remastered stage unfamiliar to us, so if this is a complete fabrication, then at least someone took the serious time and effort to cook it up. Everything looks sharp and vibrant, a clear visual upgrade from even the Wii U version of Smash, which already looked pretty good. So, uh, one more thing is N Nintendo's E3 presentation is less than two weeks away, so, you know, this rumor will be confirmed or denied pretty soon. Because they're probably gonna, like, say what they're doing with Smash. If they don't, that would be really weird. Or they could just wait for the Direct, so I don't know. I don't think it's a stretch to say that like especially with the success of mario kart 8 deluxe smash 4 is as close to a sure bet as you can get at e3 yeah i'd be i'd be shocked if they didn't mention something about smash it's it's like people buy their consoles just for that game yeah and like sean said many 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 times that like he'll buy a switch the day smash brothers is announced <laughs> and not a second sooner yeah well it might be coming up soon Yep. And I was, I think I was like in the same boat. I mean, I haven't considered a Switch, but to be honest, like, Smash is a game, a, a system selling game for me. I mean, like, the Switch is all of a sudden really good for fighting games. It's, if it has Smash, it's got Smash, it's got Street Fighter 2. Oh, shit. I did not know that. Yeah, Street Fighter 2 first Switch came out like last week. Uh, so is that like um, the digital thing, the, the downloads they do? No, it's like. It's like a straight up port. It got a physical release and everything. Oh it's like Street, Street Fighter 2 Ultimate. That's so cool. Wow. Uh, let me find the exact name of it. Ultra Street Fighter 2 The Final Challengers. The Final Challengers. Wow. What a good title, man. Yeah, props to Nintendo. Yeah. Man, like, I'm, I'm always happy to like give them some accolades, you know? They're one of my favorite companies. When they do good... They always do something, you know, spectacular. So Ultra Street Fighter 2, the final challengers, is the visual upgrade from Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 with um, the newly, like, balanced things. But it's apparently really cool to just, like, switch the, 
like pull the joy cons off and be ready to play street fighter against somebody Uh, that's that's like definitely the biggest hit for it back in my day when i had a super nintendo and street fighter 2 came out you had to have someone come over your house or you had to bring it over their house and nowadays got a switch which i don't have one but i'm looking like i'll get one before the year is over now but it's i just scrolled through a quick review it's street fighter 2 but it's on the switch is the big like talking point of it it's fine for me and that's fine that game is 25 years old yeah i know i i got it on my fifth um christmas birthday you know my my birthday's two days before christmas so i got it right two days after my birthday and i played it probably for an entire day now it's come full circle as you turn what are you turning 100 this year i want to be turning 30 (laughs) same thing yeah basically i'm an old fart (laughs) nah 30's the new 25, 40's the new okay. 30, 50's the new 40. Yeah, I'll take it. Why not? I need some positives. So as we move on to our meat and potatoes, Thompson and I have, you know, I think we're doing pretty good for the sidekicks edition of the podcast. I mean, we got all the things down, right? We got through the news. We got through the random questions and the rigmarole. So as we move on to our meat and potatoes without Pete and Sean, our co-hosts, leaders and main characters um we're gonna talk about the sidekicks in video games a little bit today and just what makes a good video game sidekick what's a a shitty video game sidekick and what is like a good cast of companions so just start it off what is your favorite like roster of companions or sidekicks or not even roster, just who's your favorite all-time sidekick or companion character in a video game? Um, probably have to say... It's hard for me, because it, it's going to sound like a bunch of waifu picks, and it's not too far from it, but Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite was my favorite for like the mechanical application of what she did. Like No matter what situation you're in, she always had something to throw you, like health or ammo. Um, you know, like helping out with like summoning shit through time, and just the application of having a character that it's like escort this person and they're not totally useless and you can actually use them for progression and it's it was like really nice to have someone that wasn't standing in front of your gun you know like that was awesome for me i don't necessarily think like storyline wise it was the best reasons to like her but for what they did for the game definitely elizabeth um, I know it's like kind of a cop out, but then my actual like favorite other character would be from Mass Effect, Tali, because I just love that bitch. I love my my Korean lady, mm. and I romanced her as many times as I could in two and three. And uh, sad to see how three played out, but whatever, it was worth it. And as far as like an entire roster goes, I gotta give it to Bioware people because like everyone from Mass Effect is nice, rememberable, except for like a few early on edition, like. The, the stupid humans, like, what's his name? The Caden or something, I think, from the Mass Effect one? Oh, Caden Yeah, like, except for him and the other girl, Ashley, maybe? I don't know. Ashley, yeah, yep. Like, see, I can't even remember them very well, but most of the characters, right? Garrus, Tali, Morden, Solus, um, both oh, Morden of, Solus. The, of the, uh, the Krogan, um, just about everyone from from mass effect and almost everybody from the uh the first dragon age game is just so rememberable you know like they impact your life and it's it's incredible how they were written you know like you can play the game in a hundred different ways and they can mean nothing to what you did or everything depending on a few little choices and that's pretty fucking awesome yeah it's um 
I don't think it's a stretch to say that like Mass Effect is one of the all-time greats in terms of its supporting cast. Um, but to answer my own question, I'm going to bring it back old school to the OG sidekick, Luigi. <laughs> um, and I don't think it's a, a stretch to say that, you know, I, at times Luigi gets to be more of a character than Mario. Luigi's um, Mansion is a perfect example. Oh, yeah. And like Luigi, even when they're both used together, Luigi gets to have a character. Mario is kind of this blank slate, you know, braveness avatar for everyone who wants to be a short, fat Italian plumber <laughs> to project themselves onto. He's the power fantasy for every wannabe short, fat Italian plumber. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? No, you're not. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. So I was thinking about Luigi like right off the bat. It was one of the first things that went through my head. But I got I, I was just looking at a couple other games I have in my shelf behind me, and I just thought of something. Uh, Otacon from the Metal Gear series, I think he might be, like, one of the best written companions ever. I've, you first run into him, this man pees his pants, you know? He's terrified, um, and for anyone who doesn't remember, the ninja shows up and he's terrified, so he pees his pants, and this guy turns into such a fucking badass later on, and he's always there for Snake, he could never have gotten any of that shit done if he didn't have the crazy tech Otacon made, and whatever probably ridiculous side deals he had going on he's he's like the ultimate bro you know he's he's oh, the geek in the I back do love me some Otacon. you know he's the the guy doing all the the fucking work and like all snake's gotta do is shoot a few guns Otacon does all the real work you know sneak all snake also has to shoot a few guns and sneak past a million guys <laughs> and be like the moral center of well humanity. they've got their skills is what i'm trying to say <laughs> yeah they're definitely a team and each one like snake's Snake's got the skills to kill a man, you know, a very specific set of skills, but Otacon enables those skills, I should say. I think that what's, that's what makes a good companion. For sure, yeah. And Otacon also gets the heartbreaking, like, job of having to deliver the snake had a hard life line. <laughs> also the lovely snake. Snake! Snake! That's, that's a sound clip I'm going to hear a thousand times over in my sleep tonight. Now that oh, I yeah. thought of it. I'm actually gonna break into your house <laughs> and, like, you know... Scream that at me? Kill you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say kill you, so somewhere a colonel will yell to you, <laughs> and then you'll come back. Um, speaking of Metal Gear, you, you played two, right? Yes. Okay, do you remember near the end when the colonel's all fucked up from the virus or whatever, and he just started blabbering just bullshit? Oh, yeah. And he says he's a North American woodworm, uh, and... and something about being that and biting through wood and shit i was watching this uh this let's play and this guy took that sound clip and put it in at the most random times and i just <laughs> it was such a fucking mind fuck to hear it. it's like and i was a north american woodworm eating the wood as you're watching a freaking rts you know it's like what the hell is going on that's so strange and so wonderful i'm convinced that that is like <laughs> kojima made that scene and he was like all right what's the most bonkers shit i could say Hold on, give me all the drugs. Because <laughs> seriously, like that, that scene is still kind of like creepy to this day. Even dated graphics aside, the audio is like disturbing from it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love Metal Gear Solid 2. It's a, it's a great game. Snake is a great sidekick in that game to Raiden. Yeah, interestingly enough, yeah. <laughs> like, he manages to be 
cool but not like not in the way that zero is in Mega Man x where it's like why can't i just not play yeah. zero he starts up so much like this unattainable level of coolness yeah he's just like he's snake but really weird <laughs> and like not claiming to be snake i'm iroquois Pliskin. <laughs> which another like if I really hope people knew what the Pliskin reference was too, but hey, man, someday everyone will see Escape from New York or Escape from LA, the sequel. Probably my. Favorite. I never saw the oh, sequel, but I've seen Escape from New you've York. You've never it's a seen good the show. sequel? Are you no. kidding me? Oh my god! Please, it's go. You, it's so. Uh, damn it! This is not about movies, but please watch it. <laughs> I will. I'll okay. check it out. I think it's on Netflix or Hulu or something. God damn. I will. Yeah, I know Escape from New York's on Hulu. Uh, right? they're both on there. They gotta be. They should. Yeah. Um, so I'll have to, we'll do like a marathon day. <laughs> nice. Um, the way, the way that snake works in like not being zero and overshadowing you is a, like a similar thing to tails, super overshadows Sonic in the early Sonic games. Oh yeah. Cause he can fly <laughs> because he can like do literally everything Sonic can, but also fly and carry right, Sonic, which is just fucking ridiculous because why like, like Sonic, um, I think Tails gets introduced in Sonic 2. Yeah, yeah, second game. Um, but, like, that should be called Tails and Sonic. Tails 3 and <laughs> Knuckles. Well, <laughs> see, it's, like, interesting the third one was called Knuckles and Sonic, right? Um, yeah, the... Well, there was Sonic, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, and Sonic and okay. Knuckles. And um, I think Sonic and Knuckles had a second port built into the top of the cartridge so you could plug sonic 3 into it and then play sonic 3 and knuckles which just added knuckles to the sonic oh, okay. levels oh yeah you know what i actually do remember that because i rented that when i was a kid and i was like okay it's the same game but with red guy now awesome <laughs> back when i used to actually like sonic whoa what a shock whoa you liked sonic at yeah. a point that's yeah. a thing this is a world in the genesis in. era it was it was fun it's time. Do you like? Do you still think those are bad games? I never said those are bad games. I, I think everything past the first like two are like, I don't know, three I guess, but are bad. You know, I think oh. they don't hold up well today. Like very, like I don't know. It's just my opinion. I haven't gone back and played them, but I don't think they. I don't think I'd have as much fun playing them nowadays as I did when I was growing up. And that could be because I'm older, but I think like the game design isn't as much as much like fun as it used to be. You know, but the new ones, as soon as they hit 3D, I think they're all shit. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. But the early ones, I mean, I played them when I was a kid and they were fun. OK, um, are you going to play Sonic Mania? Mm, if someone has it near me, I might do it, but I'm not going to seek it out. It, it's it's no Mario, you know? Yeah, fair. See, like, I like my platformers to have a little bit of substance to it. And like, not that Sonic doesn't, but I feel like it's the same thing, like get to the end, you know, and I like them to have something in between that is like get a star do this or you know collect coins even simple like things like that yeah i mean sonic is cool in a way that only like those early sonic games did yeah where it was like it it was the middle point between like mario and castlevania or metroid yeah, or something definitely where like the levels would have multiple ways through and you wouldn't find everything on your first pass but at the same time you didn't you know have to be constantly backtracking and going against the same parts it's just like they're relatively short games i think it takes like five or six hours to beat a sonic game if you're good at it yeah like they're they're good but like you said i i think that's probably why i lost interest in them because it doesn't hit like enough it's it's the in-between point for those games so it doesn't have enough like 
stuff for me to be like interested for like a while at least cool yeah i agree with that um to go back to your topic i have one more addition to it something i thought that was always interesting but like poorly executed in dead space 3 they wanted to you know co-op was the thing it's like every game has to have co-op even if it shouldn't so dead space 3 decided to have co-op and ozzy and i played through that game so if you ever play dead space you play as isaac right no his name isaac yeah Yeah. so i'm forgetting the names now yeah isaac is the dead and three they added this guy carver and by the time of three isaac is like a veteran to the necromorph crap and like his mind has probably been shattered like five times six times over so he's like whatever he's he's a stone wall of you know power um carver however isn't and there's these segments in the game that break apart where um the the relic is the artifact or whatever it's called the marker that's what it is the marker is like sending signals out causing hallucinations so like isaac is in the real world and carver is in this sort of huge dream state thing where he's got to fight necromorphs and do a thing so isaac has to protect him i thought that was really interesting to show like character progression because they threw this new guy in at the end of the series and it just was cool like you know he wouldn't have the experience to like the mental fortitude to stop these things but the game execution fucking sucked. You know, it's like having you standing there, not moving at all, while the other person has to protect you and himself is complete crap. While the other guy can't do anything about it. And if he didn't know what to do, because there's no communication, like, at that point, um, you could do that scene, like, five, six times over before you figure out what to do. Um, I thought it was interesting to, like, try and make a companion have substance to it. Like, he's not as cool as the original guy, but he's definitely there to help you, and you can't do it without him, but... Again, the gameplay part of it sucked. So if that, like, concept is done well, you know, like, going back to the first one I said, Elizabeth from Bioshock, um, I think you can make even a character with no story pretty much be fun and memorable because they're memorable for, like, your experience in the game, even if they don't even, like, say anything. To go back to Elizabeth, you know, Bioshock Infinite's not a perfect no, game. No, but I absolutely love but, it. But, like, the, the way it implements... Elizabeth, despite being like a game long escort mission, pretty much, but he's really but it's cool. the most fun you're ever gonna have hearing those words an escort oh, mission yeah. because you know, as a gamer of an, even a small time gamer of like a couple years, here's the words escort mission, and they're just like, Nope, done, I don't want to do this. Somehow they made a game of an escort mission, and you're like, That was so much fun, yeah. Um, I gotta also like to be the guy who talks about persona a lot yeah. i gotta give a shout out to like the extended cast of persona who managed to like be a harem anime <laughs> from from what i've watched um yes i understand completely what you're talking about but but like a friendship harem? yeah no it's it's the greatest kind of harem because it's like everyone's just so supportive of each other even ryuji <laughs> yeah i have no problem with ryuji i think he's great yeah I think Ryuji's great too. Um, I think Morgana's kind of a dick. Morgana is a dick, but he's a cat. So, or she, right? Yeah. He. Yeah. He. Okay, I thought so. Right. Yes. Yeah. He is a cat, and cats are kind um, of jerks. And I have enough cats to say this, but I love my cats to death. So whatever. I love the game. I love it's like the connection I feel to its cast, and like I think that the well-written side characters are like a core part of that, and. It's, honest to God, the first JRPG I've ever played where I didn't, like, fall into a, a party groove. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really hard not to do. I am, like, I'm constantly pulling in every one of my, you know, 
team members in Phantom Thieves and swapping them out in and between battles. Is that is that because of like the types you need to hurt the enemies or is it because you like need to do it for other reasons? Um it's it's mostly cuz of like the typing and like I've just gotten so used to it that like I don't have a problem sidelining someone if they're getting low on SP. Yeah, it reminds me like Final Fantasy X, how you had the uh the same kind of switching system and they were all good against something like air stuff. Use Waka, you yeah. Know, and, like you could take a guy out for a few turns just because they weren't like up to par right then. Yeah, I'm like I'm really into the cast of it, and I think they're a, a great implementation of sidekicks. Maybe not Mass Effect good. I from what I've seen, I think it's it's awesome. Like they make you feel connected to the characters the way like. They all have their own personalities shines through in like the simplest things like the little text messages you get and shit. Oh yeah. I think uh the last one I have to mention is Final Fantasy 15 because Oh for it's sure, yeah. Just it's literally just like go on road trip with bros and I don't know how else you could have had a better connection. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's there's like nothing more of a connection needed there. It's like they're your bros and you will learn to love them as you go. You feel attached to them and there is no party switching, so it's it's weird that there is no party switching. Just like Gladio leaves for a little bit. Yeah, and you're like, man, I really don't know what I'm gonna do without him for a while. <laughs> you feel the loss, you know. Like at least I did. Oh yeah. It was, it was really sad when he left because I was like, man, I thought we were better friends. You just had to get up and go. Come on. I just gotta take care of something. I would have helped you, man. <laughs> we're bros. I just gotta do the thing that people who bought the season pass will have DLC. Uh, damn it! I still have to get that. I mean, I still gotta beat the game, so that's another thing. It's true, you do have to finish the game. It, like, it's a good ending. But, yeah, I think that about wraps it up for all I have to say about sidekicks. That's all I got. Cool. So, um, if you're checking us out on YouTube, uh, like us, give it a subscribe, smash that like button, as the cool kids say. Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, where we are a five-star rated podcast, Woo! we would appreciate a rating from you guys. Uh, if you're listening to us somewhere else, I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. There's a lot of places we're on. If you are a fan of the show, you'll find it. And keep listening, keep yeah. liking, giving us ratings. We'll make more stuff. And uh, I guess we'll see you the next time when we're all back. Yep. All right. So for all of us here at the Video Game Pals, this is Andy and Thompson signing off. Peace. Peace.